Hey church, it's good to be with you today. I hope that yeah, I hope that you are well and enjoying uh, the long weekend and the long week that's coming up. Yeah, for those of us in the UAE, we have a long uh, long holiday ahead of us and um, I hope you prioritize rest and family time. Uh, it's it's good to be in a nation that gives you a week off. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So we are currently on a series uh, called Mystical Community. We started the first um, message last week called God's Family. I hope you enjoyed it um, and I hope you were blessed by it. And uh, this series is all about the church, uh, what the church is all about, uh, defining the church the way the scriptures define the church and uh, our role in the church and our need of the church in this day and age. And um, today the title of my message is The Glorious Church. The Glorious Church. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm part of a glorious church. Amen. So, there are roughly about 2.38 billion Christians around the world, every denomination included. 2.38 billion Christians around the world. And um, if you go to all those Christians and you ask them to define the church, define what the church is, uh, and define why they go to church, you'll get 2.38 billion different reasons and explanations and definitions of what the church is, depending on people's backgrounds, uh, depending on, you know, what their lifestyle is all about. Um, people would define the church differently depending on which country they belong to also. But today we're going to define what the church is not. We'll start with that. And as we do that, it will really help us to embrace this mystical community that God, that is God's family, okay? So, I want to start by giving you a couple of reasons or a couple of explanations or a couple of points of what the church is not. So, if you have your books and your pens or your mobile phones or any other electronic devices that can take notes, uh, now would be a good time. The first thing is... The church is not a religious institution. But the church is God's family. The church, whatever denomination you're a part of, you're part of God's family. That's the first thing. It's not a religious institution. There's in God's family, there's no rules and regulations as to how to please God or what to do, what not to do. In God's family, you have a heavenly father and you are his children. We are all his children. And in that family, we all have a unique relationship with this father and he leads us, he guides us and he brings us and he places us together in his family, right? So the second thing, the church is not a place or an event that you go to. The church is the body of Christ that you belong to. The third thing, 
is the church is not a place where I get my physical needs met. Remember, I'm giving you a description of what the church is not. It's not a place where you get your physical needs met. Like for example, you know, people go to church for the wrong reasons. Like people go to church to search for a husband or a wife or, or you know, a handout during tough times. People go to church for various reasons. But all those reasons are not, shouldn't be the reason why you go to church. The reason why you go to church is because you get your spiritual needs met. I hope you understand that. The church is a gathering or fellowship that is Christ-centered where you get your spiritual needs met. Right. So the fourth one (laughs) is the church is not a place where you go to develop your skills before you go into the world. The church is a family that you use your skills, your talents, and your gifts that God has given you to serve this family. A lot of people would say, hey, you know, uh, I was in the church and I was in the choir before I started my, you know, singing career in the secular world. That's awesome. Good for them. That's their testimony. But for us who are part of a family, that come to a family, that gather around a family, we use everything, every gift that God has given us, whether it's in the skill of music or, or whether it's the skill of communication or, or, you know, hospitality or whatever, art or creativity, anything that God has given us, we make a decision to acknowledge that this has come from God and it is for God's family first. It's not, a, it's not a ground where I develop my skills so that I can take it out into the world because, you know, there's a bigger audience out there. You have the greatest audience. It's the audience of one. It's your heavenly father. And you use every skill that he has given you to serve his family. The fifth one. The church is not optional, but it is essential Because fellowship is commanded by God. The church is not an option. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm not feeling like going to church today, so I'm not going to go to church. No, it's not an option. Oh, pastor, you know, my my son doesn't want to go to church. You know, he doesn't like kids' church. It's not an option. This is a grace church. You must understand that there is no other... group of people that can fulfill the needs that you have in your life like the church of Jesus Christ. You can go to a business, you can go to a club, you can go to a restaurant and they will fulfill a need that you will have again. But when it comes to spiritually fulfilling you at the core of how, where God created you, it only happens in the church of Jesus Christ. You can go from conference to conference. And you can bounce around from church to church. And you will still not be satisfied until you become and you embrace and acknowledge the need of being a part of God's family. And you stay committed to that family. So church is not optional. It is essential 
because fellowship with God and fellowship with his people is commanded by God. You may ask me, where is it commanded by God in the New Testament? And I will show you. We go to Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 25. And it says this in the New Living Translation. It says, "And let us not neglect our meeting together." as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near he's saying don't neglect in some versions of the bible it says don't neglect the gathering of the believers the gathering of the brethren the the don't he's saying don't neglect our meeting that's what the writer of hebrews is saying don't neglect it don't like make it a uh, the last option if you're in the mood if you like feel like going for it no it's you you're not led by your feelings you're led by the spirit of the living god and he leads you to a spiritual meeting yeah and that 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 is something that god has commanded to his children that this is essential to us just imagine a baby that is born into a family now as that baby grows up now he starts walking around and then he thinks that i don't need this family the fact that your baby goes grows up goes to school the parents are paying the school fees but the baby goes to school and guess where the baby goes after school back home see we must understand that our beginning is our family We come back to the family. It's core of who we are. Family is at the core of who we are. But here the writer is saying don't neglect that family. Don't neglect it financially. Don't neglect your it with your attendance. Don't neglect it. Don't prioritize your work and your business and making money more than the family that God has placed you in. See, he saved you from death and destruction and he brought you to a family. that family are the people you're sitting around right now they are all different colors they are all different shapes some are in tri life some are not in tri life some are going to be in tri life right they're on the way there they're cycling they're they're walking there somehow the other they're getting there but you must understand he's saying don't neglect it in this season we may be gathering on the beach for a walk he's saying don't neglect it you thought it was just singing and doing church right no church is who we are it's not what we do it is who we are we're a family we don't sit down with mom and dad and we ask mom and dad like the you know the kids uh, how do how are we a family give me the rules of how we can be a family why because i want to be a good son no ladies and gentlemen the day we're born the fact that we're in a family we're walking around we're talking we we eat our mom and dad's food we we they, we we wear the clothes that our mom and dad give us we know how to socialize and and interact with one another why because we're in a family we don't ask for rules how long should the meeting be <laughs> we don't ask our mom and dad these things huh? mom and dad you have one hour and i'll give you one hour and in that one hour you've got to entertain me you've got to make me feel like i need to come back to your church you've got to do the worship has to be awesome the the preaching has to be short enough it has to be to the point there has to be miracle signs and wonders otherwise i'm not going to come to that church well god placed you in that church and if you feel like it's not happening then guess whose responsibility is to make it happen it's yours come on now 
We've got to understand that God has placed us in a family and we create reasons to neglect this family. And God has commanded us in the new covenant, in the new testament, he's commanded us, do not neglect the gathering of the believers. Every opportunity in this season that we get together, don't neglect it. Every opportunity, whatever the church is doing, don't neglect it. Because in that is carries the blessing of the Lord. And here he says, but encourage one another. Why only wait for the pastor to encourage people to go to church? Why only wait for the coaches to, to encourage you to come to the for life group? If you don't get a text message, why don't you show up at their door? Oh, they didn't send a text message. So that means life groups aren't happening. Let's make a plan. What can we do? This is more exciting than going for life group. Well, the problem is you're making a plan to neglect the very family that God has placed you in. This is serious. This is very, very serious. And he's saying, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want to I take this a little more deeper now. He's saying, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This, ladies and gentlemen, was written thousands of years ago. We must understand. He's talking about the second coming of Jesus. But I want to present to you that the day of his return is not about the second coming through the clouds. But it is the manifesting of Christ through the church. He's talking here that day when you come together, there's something that happens when we come together as a body, when we come together as the church, when we come together as a family, Christ, the head of the church, the head of the body attaches himself to the body and the body now begins to get its instruction, gets its source of life from the very one who gave his life for you. See, don't neglect it. Why? Because the minute you neglect it, we're neglecting the head being attached to the body. And he's saying, listen, the responsibility of the manifestation of Christ every time we come together is an opportunity for us to manifest Christ. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 25. And we'll read um, from verse 31 onwards. We're talking about the glorious church. Remember that. And he says this, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Okay, now I want, I don't want to go too deep into it because I want to keep it for later but I want to talk about this the first verse here verse 31 he says when the son of man comes that word comes over there is the word manifest okay when the son of man manifests in his glory I'm going to explain that when you look when you do a deep study in, in on that word glory over there it's the word doxa Okay, and a lot of what we've heard before about the word glory and, and doxa is correct. It is the it is the, the the eminence of God's presence. It is the shining, the radiance. It is you know what he, the Hebrew word kabod, the weight of His glory. All of that is right. 
but there is one meaning to the word uh, glory that people have not really touched on uh, and i really believe that god is giving us his revelation because it's our responsibility right and that word glory uh, really means opinion he says when the son of man comes in his opinion and when you when you say opinion it's good opinion when you have a good opinion of god he manifests himself that's basically what he's saying when the son of man comes in his glory which means he does not come outside of his glory he does not manifest himself outside of his glory so which means you and i are the ones you must understand we're the body of christ and we're the ones who have been given this responsibility now to have a good opinion about him and when we begin to talk to one another about him good opinion when we have a good opinion about him now he begins to manifest himself through that good opinion and that good opinion of him begins to create a throne upon which he sits and he gathers the nations to him i hope you understand that right we're talking about the glorious church see the church is a spiritual gathering of god's family who are created with and designed with different expressions but are guided by the same purpose we're guided by the same reason by the same purpose and that is being chosen as a family to reveal the glory of god to reveal that's our responsibility our responsibility is to manifest to reveal the glory of god so that the son of man can manifest himself through that glory i hope you understand what i'm saying so you and i now carry a responsibility and every time we talk to somebody right in the body of christ we begin to we 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 say hey listen it's important i'm not going to neglect this moment why because we're meeting together why because we're coming into our purpose this is the reason why i am alive today this is the reason why god has placed me in this family today i'm not going to neglect this family why because without me something is missing when you don't show up something is missing glory is missing There's an aspect of glory that is deposited on the inside of you that is unique only to you. There's a side of Christ that is not that is in Mac that is not in me. There's an expression of Christ that is in Angelo that is not in me and I need Angelo's expression to complete the full manifestation of the glory of God. We need each other. We need each other. We're incomplete. Let's put our differences aside and make the reason why we're here the main reason why we're here. Don't neglect it. He's like don't forget about the the, the personality issues. Don't neglect Christ. Don't neglect manifesting the reason why we're together. Every time we come together, listen, what do you say? What is your opinion? Well, brother, I can talk about all the good things that God has done in my life. You know, from the time I was born till the time I'm here today, you know, God has been good to me. Sure, sure, sure. You can talk about God being good to you, but what about his body? Can you talk about can you say something nice? I have a good opinion about his church. 
See, because the glory, manifesting the glory does not happen when you have a good opinion only of God, my heavenly father, who, who has, you have this direct interaction with. It, it, it does happen, but there's a greater realm of glory. There's a deposit of glory in you that when you begin to share with someone else, hey, this is my opinion of Christ in you. When I begin to talk to Joel, when I begin to say, hey Joel, you know what? I really believe that God has placed such goodness on the inside of you. Joel, I really believe that God's glory is manifesting through your life. Joel, you'll be awesome. Joel, you do this. And Joel, you begin to call out the greatness in, in Joel. Whose greatness are you calling out? You're calling out Christ's greatness in Joel. And every time you begin to have a good opinion, now you walk around and you say, man, Joel's an awesome guy. Joel's a really good guy. Forget about all the flaws and all the processes that Joel's been a part of. What's most important is the good opinion. Talk about the good opinion. Talk about the good things that is about Joel. Talk about the good things that's about Angelo. Talk about the good things about the pastor. Talk about the good things about the pastor's wife. Talk about the good things about the person on the sound desk. And and whoever in the church, it doesn't matter to have a good opinion. Every time you have a good opinion, the Son of Man begins to manifest through your good opinion. A lot of us have a lot to say because we get polarized by the knowledge of good and evil. And yes, everybody has flaws, everybody goes through processes, but can you say something good? That is the challenge here that he's presenting to us as a family. And he's saying, when you guys come together, firstly, don't neglect that gathering. Don't neglect it. Why? Because the manifest, the second coming or the, the manifestation of the Son of Man depends on how you communicate and what you communicate with one another. We must understand it's vitally important for us that God has designed us to be in a community. You must embrace that understanding. God has designed us. Oh my goodness. You have been created to be in community. Somebody say amen. So I would love for you now, just put a marker in in Matthew 25. We're going to come back to that. I want to show you why it's important for you to be in community. Go to Genesis chapter 2. We're quite familiar uh, with this passage, but I, I feel like there's a revelation that God is revealing to us today. We'll read one verse and then we'll see if there's more that we need to take. Are you there? Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And it says this, And the Lord God said, I want you to underline that word said. It is not good that man should be alone. Wow. Who said it? God said it. He said, It is not good for man to be alone. Now, Keeping in mind the creative nature of God and the way God creates, is God highlighting that man was alone? 
That's what's been presented a lot of times. But I would like to present to you a different dimension to this verse. I would like to submit to you that keeping in mind the context now, the, the, keeping in mind the, the way God creates, let there be light. And there was. And let there be animals, mountains, hills, and all of that. It happened, right? So keeping that in mind, read this now again with me. Verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be what was he doing? He was creating a void in man. I would like to submit to you that man was okay by himself until God said this. See, before that, God was talking to man. God took the man and put him. Look, listen to this verse 15. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden and do what? To tend and to keep it. But from there till verse 18, it does not say that man was alone. Until God said, and it is good and it is not good that man should be alone. Which means... Man, it is good for man to be in a community. Which means at that moment, God recognized, if I take this guy, put him in the garden, he will flourish. He will, be, he will succeed. Why? Because he's made in my image and likeness. He doesn't have sin in him. You see, God is not lonely. So if he made man in his image and likeness, man would not be lonely until God said, it is not good that man should be alone. So he created a void in him and then he says, I will make him a helper comparable to him. So which means God created the need and he provided the solution. You see, that is how awesome God is. He provided, he created a need in man. Oh, I need someone in my life. And boom, there she is. Wow. Whoa, man. <laughs> Right now, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Why? Because over here, God put him in the garden to tend to the garden and to keep it. Now, we must understand a lot of times people have preached that the woman here that God created was a helpmate to the man. No, she was a helper to help him fulfill his purpose. She is comparable, which means she is equal to him so that they can do more together than by himself. I hope you understand what I'm saying right now. A lot of times people said, oh, you know, I want to get married. Why? Because the Bible says that I shouldn't be alone. Hello, please. Don't do that. No, don't do that. You must understand what he's saying here. The woman's responsibility with the man was together to fulfill the purpose that God gave over their life. That was to be in the garden and to tend and to keep it. Not for him to 
satisfy his loneliness come on now right so then we see now in verse 19 it says out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to adam to see what he would call them and whatever adam called each living creature that was its name so god said okay this is before creating the woman god said this guy he put a void in him and then he created animals and brought them to adam and what was adam going to call them he didn't name them after his kind he gave them their own names and then it says but for adam there was not found a helper comparable to him doesn't say that even though he had the animals he was still alone i hope you understand what i'm saying then the lord god caused a deep sleep to fall on adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs god took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place then the rib which god which the lord god had taken from man he made into a woman and he brought her to the man right now adam said this is now bone of my bones how did he know He was fast asleep. You see, but there was something, there was a difference between the animals and the woman that God brought to man. And he says, "This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man." You see, the 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 woman is the man. you must understand no, not not in the way i'm not talking about gender wise i'm talking about the woman and the man was the them you must understand they were one and god separated them physically she manifested god manifested her physically and brought her to the man and he said this is my flesh he's recognizing this is me now when you compare that to jesus christ He also had a deep sleep for 3 days. And it is from his side that the church of Jesus Christ was born. But this this bride of Christ was not born out of flesh and bone and blood, but it was born out of the spirit. that's what paul says it's born out of this is a spiritual family and you must understand that this bride is comparable come on he's comparable and a helper in everything that the lord puts his hand to come on now oh come on church you must understand how powerful the family of god is how powerful the church of jesus christ is it's not just any just a gathering that you go just a oh just a meeting oh just you know i don't i'm not going to go today listen when you give your tithes and your offerings you're giving it to him it is a personal thing with him you when you say okay i'm a part of the family of god i'm a part of the church of jesus christ you're saying whatever christ is doing i am the reason why he cre- god created me and brought me to christ and made me comparable to him is so that together we can tend to the garden 
the kingdom of God that's the garden the kingdom of God we're tending to that garden and we're keeping it and we're making sure that we're serving his purpose on the earth we're not just doing church because we want to do church oh i have a calling oh, you have a calling yes for what to help him to help him now every church has a as a vision every church has its own expressions every church has a calling over their life and it's beautiful but the church that god has placed you in the god has brought you to he's connected you to that body it has a unique expression and you've got to figure out what that expression is you've got to figure out what its values are what is it, how does god find what does god find worth in this house and i'm going to take everything that he has given me every gift every talent every all the money that i had everything my job my business everything that i serve his purpose the church doesn't exist to serve my purpose i exist to serve his purpose my car is for his purpose my children are for his purpose my wife is for his purpose look my wife and i are, are comparable to each other we're, we're equal with one another but when we come together together there's a greater synergy two can put a thousand to flight if one can put thousand two can put 10000 to flight there's a synergy when the body of christ and the head come together you accomplish great things because that is your purpose that's your destiny that's what you're destined to do not just to use the church to make more money i need the anointing i need a breakthrough i need this i need a husband i need a wife listen ladies and gentlemen all these things shall be added unto you when you seek the kingdom his kingdom first <laughs> that word alone is really funny but in hebrew it's actually the word bad not the english word bad the hebrew word bad the english word alone in hebrew is the word bad and what that means that what that word bad means in hebrew it means separation god put a void in man that when he is not part of a community he will feel separated when you're not part of a community they will feel separated but there's this yearning on the inside i need to be a part of it i need to be a part of that family i need to be a part of the family i need to be a part of a family i need to be a part of a family i need to be a part of why because your the the glory that is in you is just waiting to be released the glory listen God is manifesting himself on the earth the kingdom of god advances the kingdom of god does not go back it advances the question is what are you doing about it are you playing the church game are you playing the attendance game are you playing the tithes and offerings game i'm in grace so i don't need to tithe i don't need to give listen you're giving financially for the lord's work just think about that you're giving for the lord's work you're worshiping for the lord's work that is the lord's work whatever it is that you're doing in the church is the lord's work touch your neighbor and say are you doing the lord's work
So you must understand that when God created man, he took him and he put him in a garden. Which means where God created him and where God placed him are two separate places. Fifteen, verse fifteen. Then the Lord God took the man, which means he was somewhere, and put him in a, in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Which means man was created, formed in another place, and God took him and put him in a new environment. And for him to succeed in that environment, he needed a helper. He needed someone who was comparable to him. That helper. is your community. See God placed you in a family being born when you're born physically born he placed you in a family but then he removes you from that family and he places you in a spiritual family called the church. And see when you're in that spiritual family a lot of things are new and a lot of things you don't understand but look it, what you must understand is you need the community to be around you so that you can become a part of that community. Otherwise you can't fulfill the purpose of God for your life. People can say, "Well, you know, I don't need the church. I'm a part of the 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 global church. I'm part of the the universal church like United Nations. I'm part of United Nations. I'm not part of my country. I'm part of United Nations." But try traveling to another country without your passport. Doesn't work. You can say, "Well, I don't like my country. Well, that's your preference." But it doesn't mean that you're not part of your country. You have a citizenship in that country. And the minute you acknowledge that citizenship now gives you rights to now have access to every other country. The church is exactly like that, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, there's the global church, but that global church has different branches. And every city has many churches. And all those churches, yes, it is the will of God for those churches to be there. But God has taken you out of your physical family, and He's placed you in a spiritual family because He knows what He's deposited in you has its best expression through that family. You will serve Christ best in that family. Yeah. You can't go bouncing from family to family because you think that that expression suits your expression. God knows where to place you. He knows what's good for you. and we need to trust him even though it takes time even though it's hard even though people don't understand me i don't get them i don't understand their language i don't understand their culture it does not matter the culture of the kingdom of god trumps every other human culture and language there exists but we've got to come into this place where we submit where we give ourselves freely god where you lead me i will go where you lead me i will go whatever you say to me i will do it god whether even if i don't like it i will put my preferences aside and i will choose to serve you see because it is in that place that when you sit down with your brothers and sisters and you start talking about jesus how much you love him how awesome he is to you and then you begin to recognize him in them and then you say man this is what i love about you you are so awesome god has called you to to be a prophet to the nations i you know i i it will be an honor for me to stand with you while you're preaching the gospel it will be an honor for me to be on team with you when you're leading worship it will be an honor for with me to stand next to you as you're healing the sick i want to witness the glory of god manifesting through your life when you begin to talk like that the glory of god will begin to manifest through the both of you 
That's what's important to the church. It's not like, oh, well, they exist for me. No, you, you exist for them as well. Everybody exists for one another. You can't do without them. You can't do without the Africans. You can't do without the Indies. You can't do without the Filipinos. You can't do without the Americans or the Brits. You can't do without the kingdom of God. It's important for us. So, now, I want us to go back to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, and we'll read from verse 31 again. It says this, When the Son of Man comes in all of His glory, you understand what that means, right? In all His glory, which means the church of Jesus Christ has to be having such a good opinion about Him and about one another that there's so much of glory being manifested. Let me tell you something, the glory, the glory is, is, is radiance. Radiance. When there's radiance of Christ, none of your flaws will be visible. Why? Because everybody can only see Him. See, that's the culture we, we need to create in Life Church Global, in our life groups, in every other church if possible. I have such a high opinion of you, of all, the, of all of Christ in you, that I have no time to talk about everything that's wrong about you. How awesome would that be? How awesome would that be for at, at, the, at the grassroots level of a, of a family, mom, dad, and kids, when we only talk about what's good in our lives? When we talk about how awesome or how awesome Christ is going to manifest. You know, I, I love this um, uh, about the prophetic. And you know, it's, it's amazing when, when people who are growing in the prophetic um, learn to give the word of knowledge. You know, they, they give word of knowledge. Oh, you know, I saw you uh, on this street and I saw you here and, and I saw you doing this and I saw you doing that in the spirit and the Lord is saying this, 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 this. It's, it's amazing. It's a, it's a gift you know, to give word of knowledge. It's awesome. But there's something about the office of the prophet that creates the future that you will step into. And so Life Church Global is that. We carry a mantle of the prophet over our lives where we don't have to highlight your negativity. We don't have to highlight your past. We just need to create the future that you will step into. So every time you see a flaw in somebody's life, begin to prophesy the exact opposite that they will experience. Just begin to prophesy. Just call it. You don't have to say, thus says the Lord in Jesus' name and stamp your foot on the ground and create this whole, you know, whole drama. Just, just begin to, you, because it's the, the mantles on the house. As you begin to speak, as you begin to speak, I see you stepping into such an awesome season as a good father, a good mother. I see you being a good dad, a provider. I see you children being obedient. I, I, I don't see you being uh, rebellious. I see you being obedient. I see you getting great grades. I see you just being awesome business people. I see you being an awesome lawyer. I see you being a president. I see you being a pilot. You just begin to call out the goodness in one another. I see you being an awesome pastor. I see you being an amazing teacher. I see you being an evangelist that God is, that you're so filled with the fire of God. God, I see the apostolic mandate over your life. You are stepping, you're bringing heaven wherever you go. Come on, that's, that is where the glory of God begins to manifest through our people's lives. Instead of saying, man, you know, yesterday when you said this, you know, oh man, you know, just, just, that does not reveal any glory. That reveals the flesh. And the more you begin, just remember, you're like your heavenly father. The more you talk about the past, the more the past becomes the future. And then you're going to live in your future past. In the present. Right. So. 
when the son of man comes in all in his glory and all the holy angels with him so you must understand you want angels to begin to work in your life they listen to what you say you can pray angels i'm writing this letter to you i'm writing this angels you do this do this for me if you don't speak good about your husband or your wife your angel will not listen to you why because they the same way the son of man comes in his glory so do the angels come they come on the words that you speak your words that you speak are the portals that open up for angels to come through so which means angels are waiting for you to speak to release the code to open the realm so they can come into your life i hope you understand that this is very powerful okay right so he says this when all the holy angels with him then he will sit on the throne of his glory wow so which means when you speak good when you have a good opinion about people in your church god will sit on the good opinion your good opinion becomes the throne upon which god sits and it is from that throne he gathers the nations to him you must understand this is huge it's not the knowledge of good and evil that god uses to judge the nations he's not going to ndtv and he's not going to cnn to find out who its president did what he's going to go to the christians in the nation to see what they're saying about their president and he'll sit on the throne of the goodness of their heart and then he will judge that president he will judge the ministers he will judge the lawyers he will judge the pastors he will look at all those people that he has put in place in government and he will listen to what the church is saying about them we think oh you know i've got to expose these people no you you expose the good that what what they were meant to do amen you talk about that and when you begin to talk about that that becomes the throne upon which he sits and now he begin to look at mac and say mac have you been a good husband mac have you been a good father Yeah, awesome. Why? Because Amanda told me so. Yeah. I hope you understand that. So the glory that is that is that is meant to be in my life is sitting on your tongue. The glory that is in each other, the breakthrough that we need for for the son of man to manifest is in your neighbor's mouth. It's not only in the pastor's mouth. So if you don't place a value on the person sitting next to you then you may miss an opportunity to experience a manifestation of the son of god So he says this and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats Okay so he knows which are the sheep which are the goats and it is your good opinion that reveals to him the glory the glory comes and shines woo wow the light is come oh the son of man is sitting on his throne and that light begins to reveal those who are goats and those who are sheep okay and he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left so don't worry about judging the church don't worry about judging people okay let him do it Then the king will say to those on his right hand, "Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. Look, now it's going to another level. The gear is shifting now. First it was all about talking. 
what are you saying what is your opinion is it a good opinion bad opinion now he's shifted from there into another place for i was hungry and you gave me food he's talking to the sheep the righteous ones i was thirsty and you gave me drink i was a stranger and you took me in i was naked and you clothed me i was sick and you visited me i was in prison and you came to me then the righteous will answer him and say lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king will answer and say to them assuredly i say to you in as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren wow personal you did it to me who this is intense this is not a king who's coming now and is like a jolly party and you know all that kind of stuff hey he's watching your every move he's watching he's listening to everything that you say because everything you say about somebody you're saying it about him everything that you do or don't do you're doing it to him or you're not doing it to him and he's saying this when did we see you a stranger assuredly i said to you in as much as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me so he is not saying this to the pastor of the church he's not talking to the leadership he's not talking to the coaches he's talking to every one of us there's an expectation that the pastor needs to do this the the coach needs to do this but god is talking to you he's talking to all of us and he's saying hey when you did this to the least of these my brethren you did it to me because it's easy for us to see jesus in trouble and help him but it's hard for us to see when our brother is in trouble and help him unless we understand that is not just speaking that reveals the glory of god it is also your doing that god is watching and he's saying the way you treat your wife you treated me the way you treated your husband you treated me the way you treated your kids you treated me the way you spoke to the person in the church you spoke to me and how we treat one another is what defines or is the difference or makes the difference between goats and sheep now people can say in grace theology that listen we are the righteousness of god in christ yes you are the righteousness of god in christ by what christ has done for you but what is your responsibility you can be righteous but not being righteous with one another you can you can claim to be righteous but not be righteous in your words with one another you are you are manifesting the old man and that's what defines now this is how you talk to one another and how you treat one another in church or in this family chose god whether your mind is renewed your heart is changed whether you are fully transformed into the image and likeness of jesus 
Whether you truly now are expressing the body you are truly part of. Because see, when you come into a family, you can't say, well, I want my old name. I'm going to keep my old name. No, you don't have that name anymore. Two shall leave and cleave and become one flesh. God looks at us as one family. Not as separate individuals. He looks at us as one family. Everything that I say to Joel, I'm saying to him. Everything that Joel says to me, he's saying to him. Everything that Joel says about me to somebody else, he's saying about him. We walk on thin ice most of the time. Because our value systems have not been set in place. And if we can only embrace these two things, what am I saying and how am I being with one another? How are we with one another? How, what are we saying about one another? How are we talking about one another? Is there glory that is manifesting? Is there glory manifesting when, when you visit somebody in hospital? Where, where, or you have to wait for a phone call and then go and then create this whole drama? No, ladies and gentlemen. When you see the value of Christ in one another, the more you place a value on them, the more you place a value on Christ and you begin to communicate to them and begin to treat them the way you would treat Jesus Christ, now you begin to inherit the kingdom that has been set for you. This is what God is saying to the church today. This is why it's important for us to be the church, not go to a church. We don't, we don't leave our family you must understand that when you went to school, you were still part of your family. When you go to your business, you're still part of a family. When you go out of, these, uh, out of this building, out of this, out of this environment, out of life groups, you're, you're still a part of that family. You're still part of the body. And it's important for us, ladies and gentlemen, to really understand what he's saying to us. In the way you look at one another, the way you talk about one another, the way you talk to one another, and the way you treat one another. He's saying, you've done it unto me. And he says, that is the true essence of the church. Loving God and loving his people as though you are loving him. That's the commandment, isn't it? Love God, love your people, love his people. With all your heart, don't save something for later. All your heart. All your heart means if your finances are in your heart, then all your heart is incomplete. If your business has taken your heart, if your kids have taken your heart, if your education and your career has taken your heart, it's not all your heart. Some part of it, it's still yours. You must understand, it's not that God doesn't want you to have a career. He has placed you in the garden. He has placed you in that garden. He has placed you in that business. He has placed you on the career path that you need to be on. He has placed you, but don't think that career path is greater than the community that he's called you to be a part of. Don't sacrifice something eternal for something that is temporary. He says, lay up treasures in heaven. 
And in closing, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 16 where we're kind of familiar with the with the story <clears throat> where Peter confesses Jesus as the Lord. The question is, who do they say I am? He's asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And some say you are Elijah, some say, you know John the Baptist, you know all that kind of stuff. And then the question comes to the disciples, but who do you say I am? That's the question when we come to church and hang out with one another. Who do you say I am? God wants to know. Because who you say I am will determine how you treat I am. When I'm talking about I am, I'm not not just talking about God now, I'm talking about I am in one another. What you what your opinion is is how you would treat you can't have a negative opinion and treat them good. It's called false humility. <laughs> you see, we've got to we've got to look we've got to look for the the gold in one another. We've got to we've got to look beyond the flaws. Why look, it's important for us to understand why am I seeing a flaw in somebody else's eyes, in somebody else's life? It's because that's a flaw in my life. If that flaw it doesn't exist in my life, it doesn't it's not even a problem. I hope you understand that. The fact that I have knowledge that it's a flaw reveals to me that that flaw is not dealt with in my life. That's why it's such a big problem. But who do you say that I am? He wants to know what your opinion is of his church, his family, the people sitting around you. And so now Peter says this, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. When you have a good opinion about your brothers and your sisters, when you begin to treat them in, 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 with, with good opinion, you begin to treat them well, you begin to see their need and begin to treat them. You're not waiting for the pastor to do it. You're taking the initiative to love the house and take care of one another. Now it, it, he's saying flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. My heavenly father has revealed that that person sitting next to you in need is Christ. That person that you're talking about, that person you're talking about is Christ. And, 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 and flesh and blood hasn't revealed that to you. My heavenly father has revealed that to you. Which means that revelation that Mac, this is not Mac sitting in front of, front of me. This is not Chris sitting in front of me. This is not Lily sitting in front of me. These are expressions of Christ sitting in front of me. There's glory on the inside of them. And my responsibility is to have a good opinion about them. No matter what it is, no matter what their past, what, what their flaws are, what their process is. My opinion matters for them now and us to come together to manifest Christ. But who tells me this? It's the heavenly father. My heavenly father tells me who they are. So when we have negative opinions about one another, guess who's operating? It's another father. But our responsibility, well, you know, know, what, what kind of a world would it be if everybody only talks good? How would we improve? I have a submission to you that I don't need to tell you what's wrong with you for you to improve. But I have a way of telling you how you can be good. And that's what we need to learn. 
We have to learn to encourage one another. Prophecy, the gift of prophecy is about encouraging one another, exhorting one another, edifying one another. Why? Because otherwise words can kill, words can break, words can, can destroy relationship. The words that come out of our mouth, we have the creative ability of God in us that as we say something, it happens. So which means who you say I am is who I will be to you. Think about this. He's, he wants to know, who do you say I am? Because that is who he is to them. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Boom, he says, hey, listen, nobody has revealed this to you but my heavenly father. And that is who I will be to you. Come on now. So which means now I can, I'm picking on Joel because he's sitting right in front of me. But uh, when, I, when I choose now to not look at the flaws in Joel's life and I call out the Christ in him, guess what he will become? He will become Christ. He will become the Christ that I call out of his life. But if I start calling out negative things in his life, guess what will become? He will start manifesting negativity. A lot of us have had negative people around us uh, that have constantly spoken negative things and guess what? That's what began to manifest. But see, when you and I have an opinion about the church, his family, guess what? The family doesn't change. God's call over that family doesn't change but you begin to experience the negativity because that's what you saw in it. And a lot of people say, well, you know, that church is full of the law and they're very judgmental and there's no grace in that church. Why did you recognize it if you're so full of grace? (laughs) If you go into a law-based environment, the grace of God is full on you. You honor people. You honor their process. You don't go into a Catholic church and try to be like a born-again church when they worship. You honor them. What is their process? What is their way of embracing God? Honor them. And you must understand that we're called to be Christ to the nations. We're called to be Christ. Who do you say I am? Because I am will be who he, who you say he will be to you. Must understand that. If I say Mac is this, when Mac is not looking, and, and when I'm talking to somebody, and man, like Mac, man, you know, that Mac. You know? <laughs> That is who Mac will become every time I come close to Mac. I've called out something negative from him. And Mac doesn't even have to try. He just becomes. But we must understand how powerful it is when we choose to let go of the past. When we choose to, let, to, to ignore the processes that we're going through. Everybody is going through processes. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody is falling and getting up and falling and getting up. And everybody reconciles. Everybody gets restored. You must understand that. But it's important for us. It's important for Jesus. That his body is like him. Because that's who he is to us. So today church, I want to bless you with this word. And right now, I just want to pray for all of us. So wherever you are, I would love for you to just stand up wherever you are. I just want to pray for you in this moment. Father, I thank you that you've given us this opportunity to speak life into every human being that comes across us, God. You've called us into a church. You've chosen us. 
you've placed us in a family like Life Church Global. And Father, you have revealed today the glory that is in your church. Father, today we ask you to renew our minds. We thank you for renewing our minds with this word. Thank you for revealing to us the the glory that is in your church. That you the glory that you see in this family, God. And so Father, we we declare today that we love your church. We love this family. We see your glory. We see the glory that you see in this church. We see the miracle signs and wonders that you see in this church. We see the purpose that you have for this church, God. And from this day on, God, every single one of us will begin to call out the good in one another. We will begin to call out the glory that is one in one another. We will begin to have good opinions about one another and we will stop this negativity, God. We will stop being negative to one another. and we will start having good opinions about one another and we will see that what we say is what the church will become and i declare today that the church is a glorious church i declare today that life church global is a glorious church i declare that that every single person in life church global will not experience lack in jesus name every single person will be perfect health in jesus name i declare that there will be love i declare that there will be peace i will declare i declare that the shalom of God will reign supreme in every single family in this church from this day on. And Father, I thank you that that this church will experience prosperity like never before. The the generosity will be like never before. The care will be like never before. The nurturing will be like never before, God. I thank you that we will have good opinions, but we'll also have we'll treat one another the way you treat us, God. And the same way that you love us, we love your church today, God. What a awesome family that you have brought us in. to what an awesome family there's so much of freedom in this church god there's so much of grace in this church god this church is anointed to do great things god and so today we pray lord and we just release we open the doors of this church god for more people to enter into this family we want this family to grow god we want this family to to expand into the nations god because we have a good opinion about this family we have a, we treat one another with love and respect god and so today we thank you god for giving us this opportunity to be the church the family of god on the earth and we thank you that this church is a glorious church in jesus name and all god's people said amen, amen. bless you church see you next week god bless bye